Welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. We've got a special episode today just for you from my new friend, Kayla, who is a missionary to Southeast Asia. And for safety reasons, we are not including Kayla's last name. She is currently actually in the States uh, because she just lost her mom to cancer. And so on today's episode, Kayla is going to get frank and real and raw with us as she talks about fear, beauty, and yes, Jesus. She talks about how her biggest fear actually came true. So for those of you listening who are thinking, I have this huge fear and what if it comes true? Well, it happened to Kayla and she's got some eternal perspective to offer you. And one of the most beautiful things that I love is that she shares how Jesus is a real man on a real throne, a real person waiting to talk to you, waiting to guide you through the darkest times to allow you to see beauty even in the face of your fear. So please lean in, listen and learn from my young, wise friend, Kayla. All right, my friend Kayla, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure to have you this morning. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. You're so welcome. Where are you? Where am I seeing you from today? Um, Right now I'm in Pennsylvania. Yes. Oh, me too. I just moved. What part? (laughs) Um, I'm South Central. Okay. All right. That's that's where I am too. So (laughs) I'm loving it here. And actually, so I just, I moved and my office is now in this like beautiful sunroom. It has like seven windows and it's so gorgeous and I can hear crickets outside right now. So we're going to see if my microphone is sensitive enough to pick it up. You know, not crickets or what, I don't know, what's, whatever's making noise, whatever's like chittering in the morning. So, but it's so beautiful and I have all the windows open and I'm just so excited. It's a beautiful day. It's going to be a little warm, but so good to have you. So uh, Kayla, I'm going to dive right in and I'm going to ask you, because the theme of this season is, um, what are you thriving in the thick of? And, um, a lot of times it's easy for us to talk about stuff that's like we feel like is resolved and done and gone and, you know, but it's really difficult to talk about the places that we're in and um, how we're choosing to thrive in the difficult places in the thick of it. And so my question to you is, what are you thriving in the thick of right now? Yeah, I think, um, well, when we've all found ourselves in quite an interesting situation in these times. Um, but currently for me, um, just the things that, you know, you plan so long for, uh, I, you know, are not happening (laughs) currently, Mm -hmm. um, and things that you would have never expected. So personally for me, just got done of a brutal, uh, couple months of caregiving for my mom who Mm. passed away mid July from, um, stage 3c ovarian cancer and so a pretty intense journey because essentially near the end um you know they just can't she just couldn't eat anything anymore so you're just um there with her every day yeah taking care of her um and yeah, I mean, I'm just 25, and so trying yeah. to figure figure out that of something that you never expected that you'd have to do at such a young age. 
Yeah. Um, but at the same time, in the midst of that, of really finding um, moments of beauty throughout the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just being refreshed. Um, though yeah. the caretaking journey is extremely tiring, painful, traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so much to dive into there, Kayla. Thanks for sharing that with us. And I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, and, and just the, it's, it's like, it's one of those things where we know that loss is like a part of our earthly existence, right? Um, but it certainly doesn't ease the blow and it doesn't ease the pain of seeing your, anybody of seeing, but your mom, let's just say specifically your mom of seeing your mom in pain of seeing your mom decline of watching this firsthand. So can you take us back if you'd be willing to go back with me to when you learned of the cancer diagnosis and kind of just what was your thought process then? Because I think it's different for a lot of people. I know that cancer affects everyone I've ever met has been affected in some way, right? Um, by the sickness of cancer. And so for you, I'd, I'm just curious to know if you'd let us inside your mind about where you were at and where your head was at when you got the news. Yeah, for sure. So um, at this point in time, I was living in Colorado um, doing like kind of like a frontier missions kind of program. And okay. so um, at that point in time, I was in community and um, yeah, mom had been wanting to talk to me and and literally, I think I had maybe two to three weeks before I was about to leave for Southeast Asia. And um, so uh, mom and I call and then she says, hey, like I have stage 3C cancer. And then, you know, we've never had anyone in our family mm. um, really have that kind of news before so figuring out what does like 3c mean right pages right. and all of that kind of stuff so um but I mean mom and I had a conversation and she said immediately like hey there's nothing more that I want you to be doing than sharing the love of Jesus with people who have no access mm. and know the name of Jesus. So she's like, I want you to still go. And so, so can you, Kayla back up for just a second for our listeners, um, yeah. give us a little insight. What do you do? Um, what was your mom referring to? Right. Yes. So I, um, yeah, after graduating from college, I did some relief work. And then really in college, I just received like, I don't know, this this huge heart and passion from the Lord um, to go and fulfill the Great Commission. Like it's yeah. the call of every believer to go into the nations and make disciples. Mm. And for me uh, personally, um, these like missional filmmakers came to my campus and showed these films um, called Life in the Himalayas. And during those movies, I was just weeping for soul, mm. Um, mm. specifically in that nation. And I just felt an invitation from the Lord of, hey, Kayla, like the harvest is right there. Will you go? 
Mm-hmm. So with like how my degree program worked out, I was able to go um, for my internship. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically what I was doing then is what I'm doing now, though, <laughs> with COVID, I'm here. And then also with having to come back, take care of my mom. I've been here too. So that's okay. also what I'm in the thick of. Yeah. It's having that piece of the story be on hold right now. Something yeah. that I've looked forward to since 2014 mm. um, and have been on and off the field. Um, but now, you know, waiting it out here. Now on the bench. So you're okay. So you're, you're sidelined for a couple of reasons. One, um, or maybe it's just one or the other, but one because of what was going on with your mom and your mom passing away and two because of COVID. Yes, correct. Yep. The the borders had shut down Mm. or we're going to shut down. And at this point, mom was like starting to decline, but she still had quite, I don't know, a couple months or so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I am so thankful I left because there are like no flights going in or out um, anymore. So I wouldn't have been able to be here. So you would have been stuck. So what led you to go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to come home. So I'm not stuck. Right. Yeah. I think it was just, um, I don't know. You're just led by like moments of peace, Mm -hmm. I guess, along the way and along the journey. And so I personally, I knew that the time was imminent and I just felt I need to leave. Mm. So, And I think along that you have to think through, okay, what will I regret down the road? Mm-hmm. Um, if I wasn't there when my mom died, like how mm. would I deal with that moving forward? And so that is something um, that was a big driving factor yeah. in decision-making too. Now, Kayla, do you have siblings? Yes, I have two older sisters. Okay, so three girls. You're the youngest. Yeah. Okay. And and so have all of you been in this caregiving role during this time? Uh, Yeah, we we definitely have shared, um, especially in the last, uh, the final month of sharing that um, burden together. But I'm I'm in an interesting situation as I'm single and mm-hmm. I live in another nation. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm living at home with my parents. And so just living in the house um, where mom was. And yeah. so it, I didn't really have a way to. You didn't have relief from that. I didn't have any relief, period. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a little different. Um yeah, for sure. Spouses and a house. Mm-hmm. So can you uh, share with us some of the, um, I want you to highlight a couple of things because, um, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, believers and I would say uh, cautious believers, yeah. <laughs> people who want to believe and, and, you know, in times of distress like this, like mm-hmm. something with your mom, they will pray. Right. Yeah. And they will say, please help me Lord. And um, so I want you to touch on a couple of things. One, I want you to touch on the darkest places mm-hmm. for you, if you would, and um, kind of just be, <clears throat> be as transparent as you can about that, because I think it's really important that, um, we're 
that we're able to share our fears, the fears that we have in our human minds, because other people aren't alone in that. And then um, two, like, what are some of the things you prayed for? And how do you navigate um, when your prayers either aren't answered or aren't answered in the way that you want them to be answered? Right. Yeah. Um, along the lines of about the, the praying, because we can pray for healing, have complete faith for that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, each, even in, in families, each, each family member is so different. Right. And so there's, yeah, you, you have to hold attention of, yes, Lord, like I have faith, I have faith that you can heal, but I also like, have faith that no matter the outcome, like you're still God, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. still on your throne and you're still going to be the shepherd of my heart, be the shepherd mm-hmm. of my soul and guide me through the valley of the shadow of death because mm-hmm. that is the plight of all humans, right? That's like right. fragile, we're all going to die. How <laughs> yeah. the that sounds, but it's it's a part of life, and yes. I think what sets what sets um, Christ, Christians apart, followers of Jesus apart, is we have hope of mm-hmm. uh, we have hope beyond, right? Yeah, we have hope of of eternity with Jesus. Yeah, um, and I think what really in the super dark places, um, because I live in a nation where um, less than, I think, 3% follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and there's like no access to the gospel. So that in of itself is a very dark place, mm-hmm. pioneering place. And um, so how do you... How do you hold on to light or, you know, it's, it's looking to the word, looking to the Bible, like one, one passage as I was overseas, I would just was so meaningful to me was how um, the passage of God being the father of lights, how there's no shifting shadow like in him. And so just using these truths that we, have in the word and turning that back to Thanksgiving of Lord, I think mm-hmm. that you're the father of lights, mm-hmm. like radiant and light that Jesus, that right now you're a real man seated on the throne mm-hmm. and that you have real eyelashes, uh, real hair, you know, just so real fingernails. Like he's right. a real man yeah, and fully man, fully God. And he's seated on a throne somewhere, you know, yeah, right. Heaven. But he's, he's promised to come back and make the wrong things right again. And so holding mm. that eternal perspective, that eternal hope really roots you and grounds you in seasons of intense, um, intense, intense, unknowing mm-hmm. fear and uncertainty. Um, so having those to anchor us in, and to also turn into Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving, being thankful is a huge key um, yeah. to not drowning. Yes. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So with your mom, what were some of the fears and doubts that you had that you had to learn to speak promise over and turn into Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think for me, I, I, I don't, I'm an Enneagram nine. Okay. <laughs> so my biggest fear is loss. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so honestly, my, my biggest fear to moving to the field was literally that my mom would get sick and die or one of my family members. Before, before this ever happened. Yes. This was your biggest fear. Biggest fear. <laughs> oh my. Okay. So we need to dive into this because, because <laughs> so here's the thing. I think, so one of the things that I always say to people is if you have a big fear that the key to getting around that for in your, in your thought world is to answer your fears. Yeah. Right. Is okay. So what if that does happen? Then, mm-hmm. you know, what will, what will happen yeah. from there? So um, with that in mind, so here's your biggest fear. I wonder, did you answer that beforehand or did you just kind of let it linger? And then bam, there it was. Well, I think I, yeah, I think it was more of a bam, here it is. <laughs> okay. But in like the Lord's perfect timing. Um, and that's the thing, like we're all on a journey of following the lamb. We're all on a journey mm-hmm. of following Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not our life to live. It's, yeah. you know, we have to lean in, hear his voice and be led by him. And so for me, I, I was in a, a kind of another season of unknowing of my different roles of, of work that I had done with a um, INGO that I just loved had ended. And then I was kind of like stuck of like, okay, now what's next. And yeah. so I was just like, okay, I guess just felt the Lord say just rest. So I rested. And then those were some super dark nights of the soul because (laughs) you don't have a job um, to find your identity in. You don't have a school or a degree program to find your identity in. That's right. You find yourself in the alone spaces. Yeah. Completely there, alone, super dark. Um. And then also like this fear of like, Lord, like I know you've, you've called me to move to a land that has, you know, less than 3% believers, some less than 1%. Um, I know you call me to move to those places, but, you know, I'm scared that one of my family members are going to die and I won't be here. Mm-hmm. One of those things. So that was always kind of in the back, maybe a little subconsciously. Um, but then when I, I went to Colorado to do this uh, frontier like missions program, mm-hmm. and their big thing was prayer and worship and also teaching of, uh, well, yeah, just really strong biblical teaching of the humanity, the lordship of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so holding both ends that Jesus is a real man and also that he's Lord, that he's the anointed one mm-hmm. and just having that, um, anchor. And then 
also alongside that being in a prayer room, I think it was around 20 hours a week. Um, wow. 6 a.m. to uh, 10, I think it's still 10, 10 or 11. <laughs> so, okay. Can you, yeah. okay. So for most of us, Kayla, that's like. Terrible. Well, no, I, unfathomable. Yes. Right. It's not, um, it is just not, you know, I think for, and I, I would venture to say, and I don't know, you know, cause nobody knows anybody's hearts. Um, but I would venture to say that the majority of people living particularly in the Western hemisphere who go about our days and our lives and our work and blah, 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 who are not dedicated missionaries, right? That our prayer life is probably, you know, good morning. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. Um, you know, help me to have a great day. And then at the end of the day, thank you so much for everything, you know, or the prayer before the meal or whatever. And so I just, um, what is that like to be in a prayer room for four hours? Yeah, I mean, it is honestly so powerful. Like, um, you know, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., it's just like a devotional set. So someone's like at the piano and just singing like the word, like singing a psalm or it's so beautiful. And so mm-hmm. just having that of of really centering, because I think as you're in the thick of it, um, you learn to really you have to experience the beauty around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to breathe when we're stressed, so stressed out and experiencing very traumatic things. Yes. <laughs> you know, we, um, our heart rate rises and yes. our breathing becomes less deep. And so just recognizing. And so in the, in the prayer room, you're also learning like just to sit and to be still because mm-hmm. in our culture, we want to do, 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 do. Yes. Do. Yes. That's so and good. It doesn't, so it doesn't, e- our culture doesn't even give us permission to heal. I no. mean, no. if someone in your family dies, you mm-hmm. get what, like one, one week. Well, it's so, so this is funny, Kayla, that you bring that up. Not funny, but it's so true, particularly in Western culture. I think that's something that Eastern Eastern cultures have like very long extended time, a a better grasp on the fact that mourning is a process. It's not a something you get over. It's not, okay, they're buried and now we should just go on about life. It's a piece of us. It's, It's literally an extension of us that's missing. Yeah. And so there is, there is actually, which I disagree with a lot of what's in the DSM, but in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, fifth going on sixth revision, um, there is actually a bereavement disorder. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing it wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah. oh my goodness, like I think we probably have that because our culture <laughs> Like, right. That in it's, uh, <laughs> right. Right. So, okay. I, I don't, and I don't mean to derail you there, but. Right. So you, so you had this experience that really, um, in the mission field helped to ground you and helped you to learn to be still. Yeah. So how did that prepare you for those dark moments with your mom? Well, really, I mean, in those still moments, you're like, you're available. And so the Lord really speaks 
into those those fears. And then since, I mean, it's just you in there and your Bible <laughs> and the person leading the worship set. And so you, um, yeah, just reading the Bible cover to cover. I got to do that twice in like six months. Wow. You know, the course of just doing that. Yeah. And so that was literally life transforming in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just see like the overall grand narrative of the Bible. You notice that, wow, the Israelites were constantly on their move. They're the most like, they suffered a lot. And, yeah. <laughs> yes, they did. Right? Yeah. And I think it's so interesting in our culture and especially like American Christianity, how, you know, mm. you can't suffer. Like, I mean, in our culture, I mean, yeah, in our culture. Well, and even, well, you yeah. know, or it's just like you want things quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, so we just have this thing to appease pain or keep pain, like not even feel pain. Yeah. And I think pain really is a gift because pain, um, I don't know, in the moments of pain, you have like two, maybe three options. Okay. So one, leaning into the pain yep. with the Lord. Or two, oh, this really stinks, God, like, I hate you, going the other way. Mm -hmm. Or just being in the middle and kind of being numb. And so I think for me, I realized, wow, Jesus, like, this is so painful, but you're so close and so near. And, like, Mm -hmm. here I am. I'm leaning into you. Thank you that you hold me. Thank you that you are – you know, I can climb up into a cleft on the side of the rock and just mm-hmm. find rest there like Elijah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so I think remembering the overall grand narrative of yes. wow, the Israelites were quite the people that suffered. Uh, Jesus suffered a lot. Um, even uh, Mary and Joseph on the way, on the journey mm-hmm. of having Jesus, they suffered a lot. Yeah. And Jesus' disciples suffered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> God promised, Jesus promised, like, hey, you're a follower of me, like there will be suffering. It's yeah. just a part of the the package, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I think also in our human frailty, um, there is inherent suffering in that. Um, because of our uh, the frailty of our not just our physical flesh, but our minds. You know, mm-hmm. our, we're we're constantly supposed to be transforming our minds. And that's a, that's a battle. That's why I, that's why I do what I do. That's why I talk about thriving thoughts. And so when you talk about pain um, being a gift, yes, I 100% agree. I call those three options, three different things. I call uh, leaning into the pain and, and trusting that God has, can purpose this pain. Not that it happened in order to do something, but it happened. And so it can do something right. Um. So there's that, that's thriving. And then there's the numb, which is the just surviving, right? Yeah. And then there's the anger and the frustration, which is struggling. For sure. You know, right. So it's, we just a call them three different things. Too. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I really appreciate, I'm struck by how you said American Christianity, because I think a lot of times too, what I hear within the church, um, and maybe we'll have some listeners that are, you know, uh, 
churched, I, I say churched people that are familiar with the American church process or have been engaged in that for some time. But um, I have heard a lot of times when people are struggling with something, either in their minds or in the flesh, I've heard uh, Christians say, well, have you given your life to the Lord? And I, And there's something about that that just really grates me because God didn't promise that once you start following me, you're going to be perfect. He says, I am perfecting you. That's a, right. That's a process. You're not going to be perfect until that moment. Right. He comes back and we're with him where he is. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's, it's, it's the ability then when we can recognize pain as a gift that we can recognize the pain in others as a gift and not so badly just want to wish it away, just want to sweep it yeah. under the rug, just want to get rid of it, you know, that we can appreciate it and, it and it gives us the opportunity for compassion and love even more. Yes, yes, that's so good. And I think especially as you do see others, I mean, as you see, yeah, as you see others going through similar things of, of I guess, in the caretaking journey and you haven't done it yourself be very careful to speak (laughs) (laughs) yes say this say what you're gonna say Kayla do it yeah be very careful to speak because um I mean I recognize it's it's incredibly probably awkward and hard um and so you feel nervous you want to say something but what comes out of your mouth is not <laughs> is not always good. It's not helpful. Yeah, it isn't helpful. Mm-hmm. And so, um, honestly, actions speak a lot, lot louder than words. Yeah. Um, is a good go to. And then, so Kayla, can you yeah. share with us a couple of examples? And we're we're not here to uh, lambast anybody for sure, but but people can relate to this, and they need to hear like. Right. What are some examples and how did you choose to respond to that in the moment? Yeah, um, I think I think a few that I've gotten is, um, this is my mom. She is a believer, loved Jesus so much, um, one of my heroes for sure. And so one thing people would say is, oh, it, it must have been really precious for you to be there like when she died. Mm. Um you know, because the whole people think it's so mystical <laughs> when people die, you know, <laughs> which isn't the case, which isn't no. the case at all. Um, and so, I mean, personally for me, I'm 25, I'm young. So <clears throat> I, but how I responded to that, I was like, well, maybe if I was older, I could see it in that lens, but right now is just kind of too difficult because she's taken like too soon. So just being honest in your responses. Yes. Yes. You don't have to explain yourself. You never have to explain yourself, but Mm -mm. in those moments when there's just the teaching moment that happens, that's my wing eight that comes out. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I think, yeah, just, yeah, just that. And then the the Bible verses always aren't so helpful. Or <laughs> So I love that you're saying this because one of the things um, that I, <laughs> I love that, that we're getting honest about this. Now, this is totally different. It's not about, you know, me losing my mom to cancer or anything. But when I, I went through um, a breakup 
from my significant other um, of four and a half years. And it was a, it was a real uh, struggle mentally. Yeah. And um, I just remember feeling like, you know, I just was disposable. I wasn't worth fighting for like all of these, you know, mm-hmm. thought, thought wars that were waging in my mind. And one of the most unhelpful <laughs> things that people said to me was, well, Jesus loves you and Jesus will fight for you. And honestly, Kayla, here's my flesh. I wanted to throat punch them because I'm like, okay, got it. I know that. But that has nothing to do with what's going on right now. Like that, I get that. But I'm talking about here on earth. I had a person that was my person and now I don't. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think too, just um, a good response is like, hey, I'm so sorry for literally what you're going through. Like I can't understand. Period. Yes. Period. Period. That's all that's needed, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, I think, and I I always give people grace with that because I say, people that love you hate to see you in pain and they want to make it go away. And in order to make it go away, they say stupid things. Yeah. And they don't mean to. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. It's a real thing, so... Yeah. So let me, (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being honest about that. Let me ask you this. So when you had these times when you were in, you know, in the field, I guess that's how you refer to it in the mission field of these four hour kind of, uh, moments where you were just laid bare. And I love your term available where you were available when you came home and you started caregiving for your mom, Mm -hmm. you did, I'm assuming you didn't have those four hour experiences. No, no. Okay. So tell us what you did to, you mentioned back when we started at the beginning of the show, you mentioned moments of beauty, finding moments of beauty. Mm-hmm. So um, I wonder if you can speak to those moments, particularly when you were faced with darkness of seeing your mom decline, of maybe seeing her in pain, of not being able to help her. Um, wanting to help her for sure, being very sad for her condition. Um, tell us about how you actively went about finding moments of beauty and tell us the moments in which that was a challenge for you. Right. Yeah. Um, well, one, I think in, um, how to say it? Yeah. I think what was helpful is as a caregiver, you have to think, okay, so I'm in the house uh, all the time, all days of the week, but it would be really healthy. It would probably be really healthy for me to get out of the house at least once a week. Mm -hmm. And so thinking through um, that and what could I do that would be helpful. Okay. So I I went to a pottery class once a week and that was just like an outlet. Um, to really feel, you know, feel the clay with mm-hmm. your hands. I'm no potter whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, totally not. But it was just healing to like play with the clay yeah. or mold the clay. Remember, mm-hmm. oh, this clay came from dust. It came mm-hmm. from dirt, you mm-hmm. know, and just that reality of like where, you know, like this clay in the Lord's hands. But then, and we go through the fire. So it was just like a little powerful kind of moment to get Mm -hmm. to do that once a week. And from that, 
uh, time, I sculpted a new vision. <laughs> so this really a vision um, of yeah, it's interesting because as you play with clay, it's I think I mean therapists probably obviously know more about this than I do, but I think your emotions can come out in clay also. Well, so the fascinating thing, just from a brain perspective, is that when you um, when you're working with clay, you're working with both hands, and when you're working with both hands, you're activating both sides of the brain simultaneously. And so, what happens then is your your right brain and your left brain are both activated, so that um, the emotion you're you're exactly right, so that the emotions and memories can come to the surface in a way that they don't otherwise. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so I think for me and the journey of taking care of my mom, I felt like I was in an open water, like on a lake, a really big lake with like, sometimes I was in the boat, but the boat was just drifting. Mm-hmm. Other times I was literally like sitting on the bottom of the lake um, is what it felt like. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just the overwhelmingness. Um, yeah and the whole uncertainty of timing. And that's very tiring when you don't know how long, how long right. continue to go on. Um, and so in this clay class, er, I made my new vision. So it was a like crystal clear lake. Mm-hmm. And then I made like a canoe. Mm-hmm. And in the canoe, I had two people in it made from like wire sculpture uh-huh. and one of the person one person was fishing in it and then another person was pointing like down at the water where the mm. fish were and then I had um sculpted mountains mm-hmm. um in the background and then I also did like a wire tree sculpture okay and so I mean I've been in counseling so I like was like, hey, this is what bit what I did this week because we are doing like you know your new vision and this came out, mm-hmm. and so just the reality that um, of yeah, there's this is a season where you need to tie your boat up to the tree, you mm-hmm. know, and wait there under the tree, take shelter under mm-hmm. the tree, stay mm-hmm. there under the tree to rest, mm-hmm. you know. And then also, you know, I had mountains too. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about how now you're like on a journey headed to the mountains. Mm-hmm. So for me, mountains are powerful just because of like where I work overseas. And then I've always found such rest. And then even thinking through Mount Zion, like where all of this is headed to yeah. us, you know. Right back making their own things right and so anyways as um you know so I have that picture in my mind so it's kind of like Jesus what do I need right now Mm. (laughs) so just asking that question of okay I need to sit by the tree just yeah or okay I could go over to the other side of the lake and then get out and start walking right as you're on this journey of walking um, so I think near the end of my mom's sickness, I was kind of in this journey of walking like mm-hmm. towards the mountains, mm-hmm. but, 
um, it's just like, okay, what does it look like to look for the cool, the pool of cool water, like mm. in the desert? Mm-hmm. Or what does it look like to look for the, the shade of tree? Mm-hmm. And so as you're going on your, your day, your caretaking journey day of having a, a medicine schedule and like running to get the little vomit pan and, and just like mm-hmm. running all around. Uh, but what are those moments in the day where there is a rest, where there is a reprieve? So it's not, oh, I'm going to like go on my phone and look at Instagram. Mm. Restful time. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to smell my lavender plant. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so just thinking through um, those more sensory engaging like your senses yeah. Yeah. because it really helps you be grounded when you're just in. Yeah, really noticing like where your feet are at in the grass, walking mm-hmm. around barefoot, so peaceful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and really yeah. taking note and going for a walk and looking at the flowers mm-hmm. and just bringing yourself back into okay, you know I'm here. Yeah, and beautiful things all around me. God yeah. sees me and He knows me because. During the days, you're just so ingrained in yeah. making sure like that they're comfortable, um, you know, whoever yeah. you can care of, that you can really lose sense of what you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a word out of advice of finding the, the pools of cool water in yeah. the well, and also, like you said, kind of, and leaning in and not not numbing. You know, it's easy for us to pick up our phones and scroll through, you know, yeah, Instagram or whatever. As and we say, oh, it's a distraction. I need a distraction or whatever. But here's the other thing, similar. So when I asked you a while back, like, what? How do you create those moments? Um, when you don't have those four hour dedicated, you know, sessions to kind of free your mind. I I think what's really beautiful is that those four hour sessions, you made yourself available to God's direction to finding those cool pools, right? Mm -hmm. But in your little five minute walks outside, you also made yourself available by refusing to numb out by leaning in. And so I think that's a really, um, cool lesson for us to learn is that, um, you know, we don't have to have four hour, um, retreats. We don't have to have a week long reset button. It can be a five minute barefooted walk in the grass. Yep. Totally. For sure. (laughs) That's awesome. So Kayla, I have a question for you because you are 25 and you're so young and you're so wise and I love it. I think God's given you a gift of wisdom. Um, what would you say? to somebody who says, you are 25, you should be out like living your life. Like you're so concerned with all of this heavy stuff. What would you say to them? <laughs> right. Well, I think uh, along with that, of because I mean, I've thought about that too, of, okay, I should like be doing my career, all this stuff. But in reality, when, um, you know, I'm 40, 50, 60, I'll be at the peak of my career then Mm. everybody else has to care for their, you know, elderly parents. Right. And so I. Wow. What perspective. Yeah. And so just thinking through that of, 
you know, I'm completely fine. I think there were moments where I was frustrated because it's like, I want to do these things, but I can't and I feel trapped and you think it will never, ever end, but it does end and Mm -hmm. it will get better. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think it's, yeah, just recognizing that everything is for a season, for a time. And so, yeah, just having that perspective of when I am older, I will be free to do what the Lord has for me to do. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Um, So Kayla, what's the plan for your, for you to return to the field? Is there a plan right now? Yeah, there's not really a plan yet because the COVID cases are pretty high there currently. Okay. Still no like visas or flights or anything. Okay. Yep. So still uh, waiting it out. (laughs) On hold and finding those pools of cool water while you're waiting. Right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Kayla, I close out the show uh, asking every one of my guests this question. And I'd like to ask you to, if you could leave one truth with the people listening, both women and men now, we have a lot of men listening. Um, But if you could leave the listeners with one truth that you want them to remember when this show ends, what would that be? Yeah, I think real simply, Jesus is a real man on a real throne who feels real things for you. And for me, and so that's just a, a root rooting and an anchoring piece that we can take with us on this journey. My friend Kayla, what a sweet and honest soul. I'm so thankful that she decided to come on the show today. And I know that you've been encouraged and your life has been enriched just by listening to this young woman who, you know, she's seen a lot and she's thriving in the thick of a lot right now for being 25 years old. And uh, so I pray that if you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, that you take some wisdom from Kayla, that you look for those pools of cool water in whatever you are thriving in the thick of right now. And because you've been encouraged by Kayla's words, would you please pay it forward and share this episode with a friend or family member who you know needs to learn to look for beauty amidst their worst fears and maybe needs to be introduced to the person of Jesus, as Kayla describes him as a real man on a real throne. As always, my friends, if you'd like to receive Thriving Thought text messages three times per week, straight from me to you to your cell phone, all you need to do is text the word THRIVE, T-H-R-I-V-E, to 540-369-2139. I'd love to invite you to be a part of that community. It is a super engaging and fun time. You get to know me a little bit better and I get the opportunity to know you and encourage you. So until next time, my friends, share this episode, rate the show five stars if you're an Apple podcast user, and remember always to speak truth over the lies so that you can thrive in any and every circumstance.